are you ready to get cooking? Yeah. Count me in. All you need are the right ingredients. Interviews. Home and every day. Crazy people. What a lovely meal. Welcome to JJ Jackson's Food Tips. The basics and beyond. The gourmet kitchen is indispensable. Now. 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 JJ Jackson. Well, first off, we have a lot of good times on this show. This is all about the good life and enjoying great food, wonderful wine, incomparable home cooks, awesome chefs, great interviews, and terrific friends. Food Tips, The Basics and Beyond is a fast-paced lifestyle show that's fun and funny. Anything that relates to food service, home goods, restaurants, getaways, conferences, exhibits, vacation spots, just about anything that helps make life more enjoyable. Count on learning a few things and enjoying every minute of it. Hey, this is J.J. Jackson. I'm really happy with the experience I've had starting my show with Spotify for podcasters. It's been super easy to get started. You don't need an elaborate setup. You can even do it from your phone. I love the Q&A for listeners and the polls to keep everyone involved and talking. Believe me, it's worth checking out. Get the Purple app, Spotify for Podcasters, or www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And in food news, time for food news. Food news. On food tips, the basics and beyond. Lose is good food for your mind. Bobby Flay and barbecue sauce go together like bacon and eggs, but believe it or not, the Throwdown host doesn't always whip up his own special sauce. He has a favorite store-bought barbecue sauce that he keeps on the shelves of his pantry. In 2022, in conjunction with Misfits Market, Flay gave the Instagram world a tour of his very organized pantry and revealed he keeps jars of bone-sucking sauce in reserve for dipping and to enhance the flavor of foods. Bone-sucking sauce was developed in the late 80s by a real estate appraiser from North Carolina. That website says the tangy sweet sauce contains a potpourri of aromatic sweet and spicy ingredients that includes tomato paste, apple cider vinegar, honey, molasses, mustard, horseradish, lemon juice, onions, garlic, peppers, natural hickory smoke, natural spices, and salt. Bobby Flay actually tops his burgers with spicy bone-sucking sauce. That certainly says something because one of his six or so restaurants and or chains is Bobby's Burgers. We are big fans of Beat Bobby Flay around here. No matter the color, the nutrient profile of peppers generally doesn't vary that much since red, yellow, and orange bell peppers are just green peppers that stayed on the vine longer. For instance, all peppers offer well more than the recommended daily allowance for vitamin C. However, orange peppers have about 10 times the amount of two carotenoids that support eye health, so you might want to focus on that. Heather Hansen O'Neill is an international keynote speaker, behavioral expert, author of Find Your Fire, Teams on Fire, and co-author of the new Amazon bestseller, Where's the Office? Moving today's leaders from what is to what can be. Heather is also a two-time TEDx speaker, host of the popular podcast From Fear to Fire, and creator of L Focus, leadership for our children's ultimate success. She stimulates vibrant energy, focus, and action for those who want to collaborate effectively, lead change, and achieve massive results. Heather's mission is to open leaders' minds and hearts 
to the possibility within them. Heather, it's great to have you here today. Oh, JJ, I'm so excited. We've had such great conversations. I can't wait to continue them. Yeah, this all started with uh, with Dean Fisher finding me on LinkedIn. And uh, did he do a podcast with you? He did. Dean and I have known each other for years. He's fantastic. The, the consummate connector. Uh, yeah, he, uh, meetings made easy, and uh, yeah. that's that's what you do. I mean, uh, you do so many different things to fire people up, and I guess the key thing with you is leadership. I do a tremendous amount working with leaders. You know, sometimes it gets a little bit confusing for people because it seems like I do so much. I, I really just do the same thing in different formats so that people can – pick how they want to consume it. (laughs) You know, I I help with leaders to make sure that they are, um, that they are empowered, that they are igniting results and that they are connecting and expanding humanity. That's basically it. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, with leadership, you you, you actually leader leaders are, are made, you know, they're not born. I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some people that have a knack, but other than that, if, if you get put into a position where you're becoming a leader, uh, well, there's mm-hmm. a certain amount of things you need to know and a certain amount of things you yeah. need to do. So uh, yeah. you almost you, you te- know teach that. I do. And the interesting thing is, is that most of the time people are, thankfully, I love this process, but they're brought up because they've done a particularly good job in their role. So they're they're good at at a skill or, you know, they're they're really good at this particular thing that they were originally hired for. And then they're elevated to a leadership position and they think that it's the same skills and they should be able to do that as well as they did the original job. But that's not the case because they're completely different skills. And so they need training. And you're right. It's a learned skill. And when they do, they can be empowered and they can just thrive. You do uh, so much. You do uh, TEDx. Uh, you do yeah. uh, a lot of a lot of meetings. Uh, for I, I mean, just mention a few of the meetings that you've you've done so far. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I've done a couple of TEDx talks. I speak a lot for corporations. I do a lot of association work. I'm a, a strategic consultant with Associated Luxury Hotels International. I do a lot working with purpose-driven companies now in particular. I mean, I've been around for 25 years. So yeah, I've done a, I've done a lot. But it, I'm really focusing on helping organizations that are doing good in the world already. And we want to expand that message. That's great. That's great. Uh, Do you have a primary message? When you seek humanity, you find it and then you can do good. So that sounds like very simple, but um, I combine fire and water if we want to go a little bit deeper. right? So I have a fire brand. So so I fan the, the flame of purpose and passion within people. And then the the water element, it comes in because that's where the reflection, that's where the clarity, that's where the, the concrete ability to inspire others comes from. And when you combine them, there's nothing that can stop you. I get really passionate about this, JJ. <laughs> I, I, I know an organization that you would be great for. And I was... Yeah. Uh, a part of uh, the organization for, oh gosh, maybe better part of 10 years. Uh, one of the last things I did before I started the podcast, uh, it's the School Nutrition Association. 
And uh, mm. each state has their own conferences, and they have a national conference yeah. every year. And they're always looking yeah. for people that motivate. They do a yeah. conference just based on leadership in every state, and also mm-hmm. for the national conference. And I just think that would be a, a, a perfect match for you. Uh, you're in South Carolina, right? I'm in South Carolina. I moved here about two years ago from the Northeast. I love it. And I'll tell you, I love that you're thinking about it for the School Nutrition Association because they're already doing amazing work. That's exactly what I was talking about, about attracting a particular type of organization. They're, they're, they're really doing amazing work already. So if there's anything that I can do to facilitate that, it would be awesome. Yeah, I think I, I think it would be a great idea. And uh, I mean, you're right near Myrtle Beach. So uh, there's a conference oh, there yeah. every year. And uh, yeah. I think that'd be a marvelous place to start. There are so many people that are doing leadership training for the School Nutrition Association that came out of schools that, you know, they Mm -hmm. they found their their why and they just started to do it based on their experience. It's an amazing thing. It is. You know, when people find that thing that they're passionate about and then they, they combine it with their unique gifts and skills and then they use it to serve, there's... It's incredible to watch the difference that they can make in the world. People right now are pretty lost. They're still they're still kind of feeling disconnected and lost. And so when you can help people to do that very thing that they're doing, you know, following their passion, their purpose and using it to serve kids, communities, uh, organizations, yeah, it's incredible. It, it, one of the great things about uh, the School Nutrition Association, this is, you know, this is about feeding kids. One of the most mm-hmm. important things in the world. It's uh, kids are our future, and and, yep. and you know, they can't learn uh, when they're hungry. I mean, it just it just mm-hmm. becomes impossible. So, it it it's really important. You know, we did a lot of lobbying. Uh, in Washington mm-hmm. D.C., every year they have a legislative action conference, and it's uh, it's amazing what you can do when you get together with uh, all the manufacturers of food, all the manufacturers of food equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get together with uh, all the people that are actually serving the food, and they all go yeah. and and they lobby uh, their senators and Congress people, and I mean they really make stuff happen. We were talking a little bit about how you touch a child and when it can um, expand from there. It's like a ripple effect. When you teach them how to garden, when you teach them about food, when you teach them about, about nutrition and you allow them to have the ownership of that and and feed them, take care of their basic their basic human needs. Right. What it does is it plants a seed in them. And then they will go out and do good things to touch others, to, to make a difference. I see what you did there with the plant of seed thing. I see how you did that. Yeah, that, that you was... caught me. You caught me, <laughs> That was great. That's great. I, I, just a little bit on a couple of friends that I have. As long as we're in South Carolina, I got a buddy yeah. named uh, Joe Urban, who runs the Greenville County Schools uh, Nutrition Department. And uh, awesome. he's got a terrific program. And he's he's got... You know, the amazing thing, it's like he's one of the biggest chain restaurants in the state. When you think about all the schools 
that they're serving. Yes. And they do remarkable things with food, tasty food. They get the, there's a, a great thing we did, uh, and I was up there for it. Uh, the, the kids create recipes, and, and then mm. they actually serve the recipes that the kids create. And it's, you know, it just reinforces what those kids will eventually do. A lot of them have already become chefs as a result of that. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. And um, that that element that I do with my kids with the with the FaceTime, they have started trying to concoct their own recipes, too. We, we started with, you know, doing choosing ones and then making them together. But when they start to get creative, you see this excitement in them. I wonder what will happen. What if I tried this other ingredient with it? It, it, it turns them into these adorable mad scientists. You know, I've always tried to tell parents, whatever you do before your kids leave to go to college or whatever they decide yeah. to do, you got to make mm-hmm. sure they can cook. If they can cook, they can do almost anything. Yeah, and they have to get excited about it because mine weren't for a long time. And and then this really sparked it for them as a way to connect with me while they're away and and then ignite their their fun with food, their desire to eat healthier. There's another guy I wanted to mention in South Carolina with Spartanburg 6. His name is Ron Jones. He's a chef. He's done a lot with the state. And uh, he happened upon this program that had a farm, and he made that farm happen. And they're growing, they're growing produce for almost the whole upstate area. It's just, oh, it's an incredible program. Incredible. I love this. You you hang out with really cool people, JJ. Well, you know, I'm trying. I try to get Ron on the podcast. I mean, one one I started it and. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, he, maybe he's shy. He could be shy. I don't know. <laughs> Let me at him. I'll give him a few pointers. He won't be shy in the end. <laughs> oh, he also, uh, he, he used to make hot sauce, smoked hot sauce. Ooh. I, I still have a couple upstairs, and I'm just like, uh, it, it's so good. It's so good. Yum. Yeah. Love that. Ron Jones, great guy. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, uh, tell me about what you have coming up. Anything, anything huge or even, you know, mildly exciting? I'm hoping to interview this cool food guru, JJ, on my (laughs) Well, let me check the schedule here and see if I got some room. (laughs) Yeah, whenever you're ready, I'm, you know, I'm I'm always up for that. It's, it's, uh, I'm ready. Yeah, I have a a lot of stories to tell about uh, the old radio days and how crazy radio and records were. so if you're interested, I love in that, a good crazy story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> let's plan on that. And uh, I just, okay. I just want to thank you for being with me today. This is a terrific conversation. Oh, thank you, JJ. I appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing. Do you know anything about wine? Anything about I wine? think I know somebody who does. Time for Super Wine Guy, Michael Gallant. Oh yeah. Oh, he knows wine. He knows. Yes. He knows. The original wine connoisseur. He's been to France. Whether you're looking for good deals on great wine or great deals on good wine, stand by for more food tips, the basics, and beyond. Michael Gallant. I love those things with my wine. Super wine guy Michael Gallant is with us today. And we got, what is this wine? I don't think we've ever had one of these on the shows before. This is a, a wine from Austria. And it's the grape is called Gruner Veltliner. 
which is really kind of the identifiable grape from there. But you still don't see a lot of it in the U.S. You see a little bit of it. But I'm always looking for kind of alternative whites, you know, things that aren't Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc or Riesling. And there's a lot of interesting things out there. you got to work a little bit. And this is kind of Austri- Austria's contribution to that. Um, you know, you're in a fairly cool climate up there, Germany, right. Austria. So red wines, they can grow them, but they don't do all that well. So you don't see a lot of red wines from there. So what you see is, you know, white wines. Riesling's the king up there. You'll see some Gewurztraminer, some Pinot Blanc, some Pinot Grigio. And this has become Austria's kind of contribution to the world grape bank, as it were. And... You know, some people really, I think it's a very interesting grape. It makes for a wine that has a lot of, here, we'll get it open here while we're okay. chatting here. Here's the first thing we like. It's a screw it's top. It's a screw top. <laughs> what would you call that bottle style? Um, that's a, I would call that a, you know, a Riesling bottle style, a, you know, a German. It's the tall, uh, it's usually they're either green or brown. This one's brown. You know, which again is protecting the wine, the color of the glass. Right. Uh, you don't see a lot of clear glass anymore, and so, um, you know, these you see these mainly in Rieslings, Gewurztraminers, that kind of stuff. You know, this so, is uh, let's check colors light. Yeah, very, again, it's a pretty light wine. Um, you know, which makes it fun for this time of year. Now, are these? Uh, I mean. Do they do these here, or or do they have to have to do it in Austria and bring it here? No, yeah, this is an Austrian wine. This is planted over there, produced over there. That's where this comes from. There is some of this grape planted in California and a few places. Um, you know, there's always some experimentation going on with that, but there's very few of them. You'll see that occasionally somewhere out in California, someone's got some planted. So, could you compare this grape to anything that's here? Um, I, or anywhere else for that matter. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's a very interesting kind of unique grape. And really for me, you get it immediately on the nose in this. Absolutely. It's got this amazing freshness and it's got a combination of, you know, kind of fresh. <laughs> what was that face? It was a little grapefruit. <laughs> it's got a very um, um, fruit driven nose, but you also smell like with reasoning a lot of minerality in it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of, of you know, stone flavors and slate and, you know, like, you know, this has been grown somewhere that's got rocks in it, you know, I, that, that's a that's a flavor profile. I, I've uh, yet to try and figure out the mineral thing. I, I can. Oh, figure yeah, it's out. definitely there, yeah. especially on the finish. It's got a ton of acid, which, you know, makes it great. You think about the think about the food profiles of where this wine comes from. Austrian food, German food. Yeah. Sausages, lots of meat, lots of that. And so. One of the things you really want in your wines from there is acidity. You know, it's got to be able to cut through, cut through that everything. fattiness. Yeah. It's got to be able to cut through. Cream sauces, too. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and this definitely has that. Um, this producer is called Tassilo, T-A-S-S-I-L-O. Again, the grape is Gruner Veltliner. And it, it is, it's from Wachau in uh, Austria. Um, there, you know, the last 20 years, the grape has, has really gotten a lot of fans. I think they're they're awesome. But you don't see a ton of them at, in the U.S., you know, you'll go if you go to a good good wine shop and say, "Hey, do you have a Gruner?" You don't have to say Gruner Veltlin or just Gruner. They'll know what you're talking about, <laughs> and they'll have one or two. Some of you know, and, and they're reasonably priced. You know, they tend to be under twenty bucks, and uh, most of them have screw caps now because it retains the freshness a little bit more, which gives them a little more longevity in the bottle. Um, you know, they're out there quite a bit. I think the wine is. You're right. It's it's different. It's got a nose that's very different. It's got a flavor very different. And I'm not sure what I can compare it to. For me, it's got some of the 
acidity of Sauvignon Blanc. Right. And at the same time, it's got some of that mouthfeel, the almost um, weightiness of a Riesling or a Gewurztraminer. So it's a, you know, it's an interesting, cool climate grape. Grape, you know, it's not you can't grow it in Paso Robles or, or, you know, Spain or you know places that are the desert. It right. won't do very well because it'll just burn it up. But you know, for the for the you know the swath of northern Europe, you know that that's that does pretty well with certain kinds of wines. This is one of those, and I just think it's. You know, if you're looking for something a little different, a little outside the norm, your wine group, you want to give them a little goose about, you know, here's a new fun grape. And it's not. It's been It'd be around great for quite with goose, while. by the way. It would be great with goose. <laughs> think how think how fatty goose and duck are. This be you're absolutely yeah. right, JD. Perfect with that, you know. And you could see how it would work with, you know, some ethnic cuisine. I could see this with um with Chinese, with Thai. Um, it's got that acidity to cut through. A lot of different things. You know, that's interesting because I'm I'm uh, smoking char siu pork this evening, and I'm I'm going to put it in a cabbage dish, and it's a very very sweet. Yeah, sweetness dish. is a hard thing for um, to be matched up with wines. Right. You know, um, with sweetness, you either have to confront it head on and go at it with something like this, right, or something like that, or you have to basically just say, I give up and do something light and fruity, a Riesling or something that's got, that is not going to take away from the same sweet that's in the actual preparation. Exactly. It's not going to, you know, you can't fight sweet and, you know, and that's why desserts are so hard to pair wine with. I don't want to hurt your feelings there. right now, but it, we've always had a discussion about uh, chocolate. and We've had a fight about it, let's yes, face it. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely one of our... Well, uh, people like that, So, uh, but you're not one of those people. They're, you know, just because, you know... <laughs> I get it, I get it, yeah. Just because you're going to go swimming, you know, less than an hour after you've eaten, that doesn't mean I'm going to do it. That's right. Know? And that's, you know, we've had that discussion before, desserts, one of those things that again same thing you got to either confront the sweetness right which means you have to beat the sweetness you have to have a sweeter wine to combat that or you have to cut through it you know and a lot of it and we've had this same conversation about chocolate many times there are a lot of people wrong people you know wrong <laughs> wrong-headed people who, who think you can match up who think well they think you can match up big people yeah they think you can match up big bold red wines infidels cabernets um, with chocolate, and I, I swear by this, and have for many years, as we know, at least twenty that, it, that I know yeah, of. that it really doesn't work. And for me, it's less of the. It's part of it's the sweetness. That sweet against sweet doesn't work. And part of it is is mm. chocolate, the dairy, and the chocolate. You know, it has that mouthfeel, right. culture, and and in many respects, a sweet wine, a riesling or a sauterne or something like that, just rolls kind of right off your tongue because it's been coated. Right. You know. You know what I've said is. But the only thing that works with chocolate desserts is port. Or and there's a lot of different ice ports. wine. Yeah, ice wine will work, but it's not as ideal for me as port. Right, and right. part of it is is because port has high sugar content, but it also has high alcohol content. Most of those are 19%, 20% alcohol, and there's an additional component to cut through the food. So we got trouble coming in here. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the door just opened on are, its own. They're, they're, so if there's an echo in here, it's because the door yeah. doesn't really latch. It's, there are uh, ghosts in the studio. So yeah, this is because we went off on that port tangent. You yeah, know? this is not exactly uh, a studio. It's more of a closet. 
It's a mini bit. It's a, it's a multifunction space. That's what, is it, what is. it is. That's what it is. So, like, it, just to deviate for a minute, uh, we were really big on this Jonesy port for a long oh, time. Oh God! I out of Australia, that one, yeah. isn't it right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it was. Uh, it was a. It's super. I may have some. Upstairs in a cupboard. I may, but I have, I have no idea where it would be. There's there's no telling. No. no. Boxes it's, upon it's, boxes. If I have a bottle, it's buried. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. nowhere near. We'd be better off yeah. going out and buying That's one. That's right. Yeah. I haven't seen one for years. I don't know if they even still make it. I, well, we should check on that. It was this really cool, super chocolatey. Right. I think it was Shiraz, a Shiraz port, and it had a very cool package. It was called Jonesy and... I don't know, we tried it at something, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I must. And I was working for a retail store at the time, and I sold. I literally talked about it, I think, on the air and had people lined up to get it right. like on a Monday morning right. or something and sold through everything I had. And it, it, was, was, it, was, it was outstanding. Yeah, it was pretty good. So, But it was really, you know, a lot of Portuguese port has a, a lean quality to it, and part of it's the grapes they're made from. Standard port grapes. Um don't have a lot of sweetness to them. They don't have a lot of fruit to them. They're fairly lean. Whereas Shiraz, when you ripen it up, oof, you know, there's a lot of sweetness to that. And so you take a ripe Shiraz, late harvested Shiraz, essentially, add some alcohol to it to stop the fermentation. It was pretty rich. You know, uh, so. Alcohol content on uh, port is like... 19, 20% usually. Wow. Because, yeah. mm-hmm. again, the way you make port is... You're, you're making a wine, you you pick it late, so there's extra sugar, so you know it's going to have residual sugar, and then at some point in the process of it fermenting, you put alcohol back in, whether that's brandy or neutral spirits, and what that does is it does two things. One, it, it increases the alcohol in the wine, obviously, but it also kills the yeast cells that are fermenting. Oh. So it stops the fermentation, all that alcohol kills it, so it stops the fermentation where it's still sweet. And then it adds in that alcohol. And so depending, you can make port, port in my world is a style. And you can make it out of any grape, any kind of stuff, you know, that you kind of follow a basic recipe. So, but yeah, that was a really interesting port. So, yeah. This, this is very good. Yeah, it's really good. And you got me hooked on white wines. Yeah, you've been, you've been off of them for a while. Well, that's because <laughs> you got me into those California big, bold, hit you in the head things. <laughs> Yeah, they kind of lost their way on some of their white wine. But there's so many. The good news is, and we've had several already during this podcast, you know, there's some beautiful wines around the world, whites that are that are just made beautifully, you know, that are great for the summer, have a lot of fruit on them, a lot of texture, a lot of acidity. They're not trying to be anything other than what they are. They're not trying to be fat and ripe and rich. I, I had, you know, I go through the conversation of, you know, oaky, buttery Chardonnays way too often in my life. I did an event in Savannah a couple of weeks ago, and, and it was a French wine tasting. It was great. It was a lot of fun. But at some point, some woman came up to me and said, oh, you know, let me try that Pouli Fuisay. It's, oh, I prefer it more oaky and buttery. And I, you know, I, I threw the bottle across the room. And then, I, <laughs> and then I, I stood up and said, you know, come on. this is." And what I always say to people is, is you know what? Oaky buttery is not a thing. It's a, it's a something that some Americans decided they wanted to do, and some people really liked it, you yeah. know. And so, and it's because they use a type of fermentation, and they use a bunch of oak. You know, the rest of the world don't aren't, aren't into oaky buttery. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I thought it was dying out in this country, and I think it has largely. And people are more into minerality and fruit quality, but 
And stainless steel. Yeah, stainless steel is, you know, again, is a much, um, again, I'm not against a little oak and white wine. I'm, I'm against actually tasting oak and white wine. You know? Yeah. It's not really. It's not like bourbon. Be. No, it's not like bourbon or, you know, Cabernet or those sorts of right, things. Right, they, right. Oak is necessary to kind of round those out. It's not necessary to round out a white wine. You know what's interesting about this? I'm holding the glass kind of below the laptop here. Mm-hmm. And. I can just I can so I can smell this when it's far away. Yeah, it's got a very distinctive nose, and you're right, it's pretty strong, you know. So I mean, what's did we look at the alcohol on this when you had it? Um, you want to guess at the alcohol on this? Uh thirteen point five. Twelve five. Really? So this is, you know, this is this is not atypical for Austria and Germany because. You know, it, it, those are fairly cool climates, and so those grapes never really ripen past a certain point, you know. And this is... Plus, those know, people like to drink a lot. They do, and this is, <laughs> you know, this is very... this th- That gives it a beautiful kind of elegance, and, you know, I think I, I this is the second time I've had this wine, and I really like it. I, I like it, too. Really I, good, so. I, I think it's great. Yeah. I, uh, I would definitely drink this, especially uh, as an opener, and... Yep. Uh, and then depending on what's what's for dinner, yeah, what the food is, it yeah. pairs with it pairs with a surprising amount of stuff. Um, and again, you may not find this producer because these are these are made in fairly small quantities. This is called Tassilo, T A S S I L O. But go to your local wine shop and just say, hey, what do you got for Gruner? You know, that's the grape. That's the grape Gruner Veltliner. But just ask for Gruner. They'll know what you're talking about and they'll point you in the direction. They're fairly consistent. You know, I think some of them are. Maybe a little richer, some of them a little more lean, but you'll get an idea very quickly what what the you know what's going on in that bottle when you stick your nose in it for yeah. the first time. So uh, this is nice. Yeah, I like this a lot. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Food Tips: The Basics and Beyond. Special thanks to our special guest, a real firebrand of a speaker, Heather Hanson O'Neill. For information on how you can get in touch with her or in front of your organization, let me know. Radio Jackson at gmail.com. Always great having Super Wine Guy Michael Gallant in the studio with that Gruner Austrian wine today. And thanks to the lovely patio furniture providing that much-needed help for the drinking of the wine. And all hail to the Mondo Bafo Smooth as Silk production wizard, Dave Parker. You got questions? We got answers. Write to me at the aforementioned email address. Until next time, I'm J.J. Jackson, and this is... Food Tips, the basics and beyond.